it seems like in the most difficult situations, the most challenging situations, whether it's uh, the loss of one of our pillars in the faith, internal, external struggles, or things like this coronavirus going on, you stand up. You stand up in prayer. You stand up in support. You stand up in giving. And I thank God for each and every one of you. I'm proud of you as the pastor, and I'm also uh, wanting you to know I believe the Lord is pleased with you today. And you know that we've been talking about the year of triumph, and we're going to continue with that theme, but particularly talking today about the triumph over this uh, coronavirus in terms of what the word says, where this comes from, you know, what's the, what's the background, what's the basis of this, you know, where does this originate, and how we demonstrate victory over that. I want to read this scripture to you again from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. I want to emphasize today that word always because there's not a little asterisk there that says, well, except for this virus situation. No, he always leads us in triumph and he's leading us in triumph in this situation. We shouldn't be surprised when things like, you know, this kind of pestilence shows up in the world. Jesus prophesied this in Luke 21, 11. There will be earthquakes, famine, pestilences in various places. And that pestilence means a deadly or virulent epidemic or disease. In terms of this particular epidemic, in terms of this pandemic, because it goes across the continents, it's called COVID-19. Listen very carefully. All that means is it's coronavirus disease 2019. And as I meditated upon that this week, something rose up on the inside of me. And I would just say, uh, say to you today, how dare a rogue holdover from 2019 try to contradict God's word for you regarding triumph in this year of triumph? He's declared it's the year of triumph. And church, it's still going to be the year of triumph for you and for me. Now, there is so much talk about this virus, the range of the virus, the reach of the virus, the power of the virus, the impact of the virus, the spreadability of the virus. I just encourage you today, you know, it's time to stop magnifying the virus and start magnifying Jesus like never before. And what does that mean? It means to make him large and renowned, make him famous. Make him bigger by our thought life and our words and our praise. It's time to magnify Jesus with our words and with our thoughts like, ever, like never before. Now, I do agree that to fight the enemy, you have to understand who that enemy is. But let's not magnify the devil's champion in this situation. Let's magnify God's champion, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The church must stand up and engage this situation. You know, when Israel was pinned down by the loudmouthed Goliath, the entire people of God, the entire army of God was defeated just by somebody's mouth. The same thing happened when it was time for Israel to, to leave Egypt. This situation uh, did not change until a champion rose up like Moses. The same thing was happening in Canaan land when 12 spies came back and 10 had an evil report of unbelief. Two believe God and they got to go into the promised land. But the point is the church must stand up and engage just like these individuals if we're going to see victory in this situation. Right now you could say the U.S. is being pinned down by a devil known as COVID-19. But a champion is arising in this day as well. And that champion is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. How does this work? What's the nature and the pathway of COVID-19? Well, I want you to know that it's demonic and it is progressive. It is demonic, 
and it is progressive. It shouldn't surprise us, number one, that it invades the host. That's what you know, a virus does. It invades the host of a healthy cell and then begins to replicate. Number two, it hijacks the host, begins to do what it wants to do, redirect and give it a new course. It replicates in the host. It keeps on producing until it causes severe problems in the host. It weakens the host, then it occupies the host, it controls the host, and the ultimate goal is to destroy the host. But I can tell you this today, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body is not the temple of this virus or any other virus. The challenge about this and the, the, the really difficult thing about this is it's attacking on multiple fronts. It's not just attacking one particular area. We think in terms of the, the physical nature and the impact of this virus on people. But it's attacking on multiple fronts. Why? Because there's a spirit behind it. Whenever you see a multiplication of fronts that you fight in uh, all at the same time, you know you're dealing with more than just a virus. Now, if you have discernment as a child of God, you see this. This is one of the reasons why the world's going nuts and panic and why the people of God have peace, because they understand where this is coming from. For example, number one, the invasion is spiritual. It's attached to a lying spirit trying to convince you that somehow you're still subject to the curse. You're still somehow without a covenant. You're still somehow without hope in God. And somehow the blessing is not real for you. It also attacks in this way. It's an invasion, a psychological invasion, which means it's an attack on the fear and the emotions of people. It's a fearful spirit. But it doesn't stop there. It's an invasion uh, in terms of our, our social abilities. This invasion is social. It causes separation and division. Uh, the haves and the have-nots. Even this week as a sister church was attacked because they had a service and made their own best judgment call of what they should do. It seemed like everyone and their grandmother went ballistic except for a few level-headed people like our Tim, our pastor Tim, who shot that thing down. You see, it's not a time to turn on each other. An assault on one church is an assault on the church as a whole. So I encourage you, don't let the devil divide you. Don't let the devil somehow tell you this is about them and not you. No, we're all in this together. We're all going to succeed and we're all going to have victory together. The invasion is not just spiritual, psychological, or social. It is also biological. It attacks the body. It's a destructive spirit designed to take people out, to thwart the purpose of God for their lives. But it's also an invasion that's economic. You can see this as plain as day. The body of some person overseas, that's not just the target. This is designed to destroy every aspect of a society, including its economy. You see this in shortage. You see it with lack. You see it with a, a plundering spirit. You see it in famine, in a famine mentality. Someone buying, you know, three or four times the groceries they need, stacking up toilet paper to, to the sky because they're what? They're afraid of what the impact will be on the economy. Now, the good news for you and for me, even though that's a plundering spirit and a destructive spirit, a divisive spirit, a fearful spirit, and a lying spirit, we have a spirit that's a whole lot more powerful than that, and his name is the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you to practice wisdom during this situation. Use social distancing. Make sure you wash your hands. You should have been washing your hands already. You shouldn't need this to tell you that. But the reality is, cover your mouth when you cough. Um, as a grandfather now, I have the delight of watching my granddaughter enjoy the baby channel. Hallelujah. 
and I get to watch uh, crayons dancing and singing about. Now, as soon as that channel comes on, baby first, I mean, Juliana is just locked in. Now, me, I personally believe that if you're an adult, you need to be on drugs before you can watch that channel and get anything out of it. But the reality is, you know, she enjoys that. And so what it does is it teaches numbers and colors and shapes. I'm thinking hand-washing this year, maybe next year we can learn our numbers, shapes, and colors as an adult population. Do these things that are practical. Do these things that are in compliance, you know, with your authorities and with your governments and to the best of your ability. But understand this. This particular virus is not merely natural. And whenever you see so many realms assaulted at the same time, you know it's a spirit. This particular spirit, and listen to me carefully, is absolutely livid over Israel's prophetic advancement and the allies that support her and help her. Can I tell you what that means? It means the devil knows the clock is ticking down on his time. He is not going to survive this. He's not going to thrive. We know what happens at the end of the book. We absolutely win. What we're facing here is a spirit like Nero, who instead of taking uh, the risk of losing power, he just burned the whole thing down. And that's what the spirit is trying to do. But guess what? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You might say that to yourself right now. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So it's an invasion in the spirit realm, and psychological realm, and social realm, biological realm, and economic realm. But guess what? When our God saved us and redeemed us, he redeemed and saved every aspect and every part. So how in the world do you overcome this virus when there are so many fronts to fight? You know, I'll tell you how you do it. You do it with a thing called anointing, God on flesh, doing what flesh can't do. We cannot depend just the, you know, only on natural means to make this work. We have to depend on the Lord and the anointings that are available. And thank God we have a champion. We have a Lord. We have a master who knows how to handle situations just like this. First of all, let me tell you, you need to treat this virus with a spiritual invasion with the anointing of the priest. Thank God we have a high priest. You know what that high priest bestowed? He bestowed the blessing, and he was not caught off guard by this virus, and that virus does not stop the blessing of God in your life. Scripture tells us in Deuteronomy 28, if we hearken diligently unto the voice of the word of God, the, the voice of God, all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. The like second uh, half of that chapter talks about the curse. My brothers and sisters, according to the word of God, you've been redeemed from the curse. So you're no longer under the curse. COVID-19 is under the curse, but you are not under the curse. You are free from the curse. So treat this spiritual invasion with the anointing of the priest. And what he has declared over your life is binding today. You're blessed going in. You're blessed going out. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the country. You're going forth and coming in. Everything you put your hand to is, is going to prosper. You need to remind yourself of that more than ever before. This virus does not negate the authoritative word of your high priest. He has spoken, and it is an eternal declaration. Second of all, you treat the psychological invasion with the anointing of the prophet. You treat the psychological invasion with the anointing of the prophet. In other words, you need to begin to line up your thoughts and your words with what God would think and what God would say in this situation. Listen to this scripture in 2 Chronicles 20.20. 20. 
Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe the prophets and you will succeed. When I was studying this, this jumped out at me. 2 Chronicles 2020. 2 Chronicles 2020. 2 Chronicles 2020. Believe the prophets in 2020 and you will succeed. And many of the prophets are speaking, of course, with one voice. Brother Copeland said this not too long ago. This disease called COVID-19 will be over much sooner than you think. Christian people all over this country who are praying have overwhelmed it. Give me all the glory, saith the Spirit of grace, and many, many people will come to know me through it. I am still the Lord over this nation, and I am on the throne, and faith in me changes things. What's our job to do? Agree with the word, agree with the prophets, stand upon what God has said, and you will succeed. Let this be your verse the rest of this year. If you will listen, if you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord our God, if you will heed what his prophets have said, what the word has said, you will succeed in 2020. Now listen, this is more authoritative and binding than anything you've heard about this on the air. And you hold this deeply in your heart and trust God with all your heart. I want to just encourage you that in 2 Kings chapter 7, you know, there were four lepers that were pinned down and didn't know what to do. But when the prophet of God spoke these words, it changed everything. This scripture is from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, a sea of flour will sell for a shekel and two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man of God, look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of the heavens, this could not happen. Could this happen? You will see it with your own eyes, answered Elisha, but you will not eat any of it. And as you fast forward in the story, he didn't get to partake of any of that. But in the spirit, God was moving on the hearts of four lepers who couldn't go in the city because of the leprosy. You know, they're under siege from the enemy. They were going to die if they sat there, die if they go in, and die if they went to the enemy's camp. And they rose up and chose to go into the enemy's camp. And when they did, the army of the Most High God went with them. And when they got there, there was nothing but plunder and food and supplies. They eventually, of course, told the king. And there was a lift to that siege that day. We've been told to practice social distancing. I want to tell you, church, we're going to go from social distancing to social deliverance in a big way as God moves. What's the key? You have to believe that prophetic utterance. Those that believe what the prophet said in this story were greatly benefited, but the one who made fun of it, laughed about it, mocked it, he didn't enjoy any of it that God had promised. So we uh, treat the spiritual invasion with the anointing of the priest. We treat the psychological invasion with the anointing of the prophet. And we treat the social invasion with the anointing of the king. Guess what? I'm going to encourage you today. He is the prince of peace. He is our peace. He's not the divider. He is the one that unites. He's the one that addresses the spiritual turbulence and peace comes to all because the scripture says he is our peace. He's made the two groups one and destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Guess what? Just like those disciples, you know, in that boat that day when Jesus was asleep and they were terrified, we're all in the faith boat together. And when he brought peace, it touched everybody in that boat. The important thing is to make sure you stay in that boat. 
Make sure you're a benefactor of that declaration of your king. What does this mean? It means the king has decrees. It means the king has the scepter. The anointing of the king is well able to bring peace and parity in your situation in every area of life. Nothing missing and nothing broken. People that are terrified, everything's going to fall apart. You know, the, you know, right now the naysayers and the negative prophets are almost nonstop about what's going to happen. We need to be, you know, agreeing with the king on this. We need to be agreeing with what the word of God says on this. Everything he's ever promised in his word is suddenly not put on a shelf just because there's a challenging time. Well, number four, treat the biological invasion with the anointing of the Lamb of God. Treat that biological invasion with the anointing of the Lamb. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 53 that he bore our sicknesses and carried our infirmities. By his stripes, we were healed. He took the chastisement for our peace. He shed that blood. And because of that, you and I are lifted above this thing. In other words, not only is there forgiveness of sin and atonement and obliteration of our sin because of what he did, there's also the concept of provision for healing and restoration. I want you to hear me clearly. COVID-19 is no match for the blood of Jesus. Let me say it again. COVID-19 is no match for the blood of Jesus that was shed for you and for me. And you know what? That anointing is on the blood today, just as powerful as it was the day that he shed it for you and for me. Think about this. Noah was lifted above the flood. He wasn't buried by the flood. Lot was removed from Sodom and Gomorrah before any of that happened. And even when you find yourself in the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were joined by this same Lamb of God and they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them when they came out of that furnace. You understand this, that Daniel may spend a night with the lions, but suddenly they lost their appetite for Daniel flesh. That's the way it is when you have the Lord as your lamb. He is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and he takes away the effect of that sin as well. And then fifth day, and just as important, you treat the economic invasion with the anointing of the shepherd, the anointing of the one that cares for you. It's real easy for us to get into fear, but you know the scripture tells us in Genesis 26 that Isaac sowed in a famine and in that same year reaped a hundredfold. That's the kind of spirit that says, you know what, I know who my provider is, I know who my supplier is. And if you're there and you have your Bible or your smartphone, whatever, turn over to Psalm 23 for just a moment. And let's just remind ourselves what a tremendous, amazing, wonderful shepherd that we actually have. Uh, too many times this is read or, or pasted on the back of a, a bulletin regarding a funeral service, but this is for you, the children of God that are alive and serving God. The Lord is my shepherd. What a powerful statement that is. You first uh, make sure that he is your shepherd, that you are in fact serving him. The Lord is my shepherd. Wherever you are at today, say that with all your heart. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. That's the word of God. That's the promise of God. Yeah, but this person is unemployed. Yeah, but this is going on over here. Yeah, but they have this over here closing. The Lord is my shepherd. Not the job, not the place where you work, not what they're doing, not what they're saying. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Child of God, that goes for you as well. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He knows where the best pasture is. He leads you beside quiet waters. 
He restores your soul. I believe right now your soul is being restored in Jesus' name. Your mind, your will, and your emotions are coming under the influence of the Word of God and coming under the influence of the Spirit of God. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why can you walk through the valley of the shadow of COVID-19 and not fear? Because He is with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Today, COVID-19 is your enemy, and the Lord longs to set that table up for you and enjoy that, but you must be one of his, and you must believe, and you must understand there's an anointing on that shepherd to lead, to guide, to tend, and provide, and give you all that you need. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, what's going to follow you in this season? Terrible things, horrible things, sad things, bad things? No, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the anointing of the shepherd. He's committed to leading, guiding, tending, and providing for you. And he was doing this long before contemporary society existed. He was doing this long before we had all of these safety nets. He is the ultimate safety net for you and me. Trust in him. Scripture says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Another scripture in Psalm 103 reminds us prophetically and by covenant what God does for you and for me. I love what it says because it just comes right out in our face and tells us, you know what? Don't forget these things. Turn to somebody right now and tell them, don't you dare forget these things. In Psalm 103, praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That's what happens when you have a good shepherd in your life. So yeah, this is a multi-pronged attack, an assignment of the enemy to, to steal, to kill, and destroy. Make up your mind real clearly today that God's not the one doing the stealing, the killing, and the destroying. He's a God of life. He brings life and abundant life. And you'll hear people throwing that out there. I want you to keep your mind renewed on the scriptures. You're a child of God. You're redeemed. You're not subject to that curse. Therefore, God is not using this to teach you anything. He'll teach you by his spirit and by his word. I do recommend you take this time when you have downtime and, and go in further with him than you ever had before. But don't be confused about God somehow using this as a weapon and somehow school his church. This is meant to destroy this world. This is meant to destroy the people in this world. And thanks be to God, we don't have a God that destroys his people. He protects his people. He provides for his people. He encourages his people. I just wanted to share a few more scriptures with you. I mentioned this one earlier, Psalm 37, verse 25. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Turn to somebody and say, you're his righteous. You're not forsaken. And your seed will not beg bread. Isaiah 54, 17, be encouraged today. No weapon formed against you will prosper. 
Not COVID-19 or any other name they can come up with it. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. It's all about what he does. Then in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then remember Psalm 91. I appreciate what Tyler and Tim have done in producing this, this video for the church and for the community because it's a nonstop reminder of the power of the promises in Psalm 91. This thing will not come nigh your dwelling. Believe God, trust God, what he says in his word. And then in Romans chapter 8, the Bible tells us, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And you're still more a conqueror, more than a conqueror today. I want to encourage you and exhort you that you think about this in terms not just of natural things, but in terms of spiritual and supernatural things. We're not warring against flesh and blood. There are forces that are manipulating uh, leaders all over the world, manipulating the situation, but you have the Spirit of God. You have the Word of God to guide you and direct you in this entire situation. And guess what? Just like in every other era of triumph, you are going to triumph over this virus. The body of Christ will do more and be victorious over this. So continue to do what's right naturally. Continue to follow instructions and directions. But get that wartime mentality where you think like God and talk like God and take authority over the things that are trying to destroy you and your family, your community, and your nation. I want to pray with you today if you would just bow your heads. I'm going to ask you just to say some things with me. Make your declaration over this and say, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I understand this invasion is spiritual and psychological and social, and biological, and economic. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. In Jesus' name, I will treat the spiritual invasion with the anointing of the priest. I will treat the psychological invasion with the anointing of the prophet. I will treat the social invasion with the anointing of the king. And I will treat the biological invasion with the anointing of the lamb. And I will treat the economic invasion with the anointing of the shepherd. Lord, I want to make plain and sure today that my life is turned over to you. I declare that you are my shepherd. I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. I say with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And my confession is made unto redemption. It's made unto salvation. Now, Lord, I thank you for being that shepherd. I thank you for guiding, tending, leading, and providing throughout this entire situation. I believe my best days are ahead of me. I believe this nation's best days are ahead of it. And in Jesus' name, I stand up with the authority given to me by the Lord. We will be his champion that stands up in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen.